Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Is there anybody here? that would like to have made some different choices along the road of life. I figured maybe two of you would stand up and go, yes, but we don't want to show that off. By the way, do you think you'll make perfect choices from now on? No. So what do we do with that? If our life is a series of choices, well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, don't lean to your own understanding. In all you ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. When we get off of that is when we make wrong choices. There's no one, not a single person, who's ever lived their life without making a mistake. Some are small, some are huge. The challenge is what to do after the mistake's been made. Can you fix it? Or do you have to deal with the consequences of the decision and hope to clean up the mess later? Pastor Mark will be teaching about the life of Moses. Moses did a lot of good things, was used by God in amazing ways, but he did have a few slip-ups. One of the really big and costly ones to him was a chance to go into the promised land. You'll learn about handling mistakes today from a biblical perspective. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Jeremiah chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Great I Am, Moses. You can turn to the book of Jeremiah, and that's going to be Jeremiah chapter 1, and then we'll be right back shortly into the book of Exodus. Now, we learn that God, the great I Am, had an amazing plan for Abraham and Sarah. It was a journey that was filled with faith. It was a journey that was filled with lapses of faith. But it was a journey that was filled with miracles, because from that union of Abraham and Sarah came the line that would bring us the Savior. We're going to see that this same God, the great I Am, has a great plan for the life of Moses, which would just continue on the children of Israel's life. But there's more than that. Sometimes when we read these amazing characters in the Bible, we isolate ourselves away from them. Two reasons. One, that was thousands of years ago. And two, nobody here is a Moses or an Abraham. But I think we have to be very careful. And Jeremiah 1.5 is a verse that you ought to circle in your Bible and just put your name by it. Here's what Jeremiah says. God actually speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you as a prophet 
to the nations. Now, of course, God didn't appoint us as prophets, but he did appoint us as witnesses to the nation. Now, as we see some of this in the life of Moses, when God made you, he made you and gifted you just like you are. All of us have different personalities. We have different strengths and we have different weaknesses. That's why we're a body. So when God made you, he made you and gifted you uniquely. Go to Romans chapter 12. You see those spiritual gifts that we have, those practical gifts, those working out, those people that are leaders and those people that have the gift of generosity and all the others that are there. So God made you just like he wanted you. And he gifted you with exactly those gifts. And of course, because of that, sometimes we get frustrated. We like to be like somebody else. Well, you'll never be like somebody else because God didn't gift you. From the beginning, he made you like that. Moses was not like Abraham. Abraham is not like Moses. Paul wasn't like Peter. They were very different. Number two, God set you in this exact time in history. How many would rather be living at a different time? Okay? It'd be interesting to ask what time you'd like. Uh, Well, Pastor Mike, I'd like to live in a time where there was no problems. Really? Like like it before creation, huh? Uh, See, God's appointed you for this time in this city where you're living. Unless you're out of the will of God, the timing's appropriate, the place may not be, but most of us are in the will of God and he directed us here for such a time as this. So we might like to live in the future, we might have liked to live in the past, but you live right now. So you need to be all here. Number three, God's goal is never changed. It's to make you like Jesus. That's the same When we get to the New Testament, in the Old Testament, it's more like God. When we get to the New Testament, Jesus is spoken of. And of course, when Jesus leaves, the Holy Spirit comes. So to make you like Jesus, you and I have to be filled with the Spirit. So that's the process that you're in, that I'm in, Romans 8, 29. He's working all of that to to make us like Jesus. And here's why. Because God wants to use you to impact the world where you live for eternity. So none of us are here by mistake. God knew you were going to be here in this year in West Melbourne, Florida. So he's speaking to you. So don't be frustrated with that because God did all that. None of you here chose whose family you'd be born in. None of you here chose when the sparkle would be in your parents' eyes. None of you. And here you are. So... You just need to be comfortable. That's what Jeremiah says. Before I formed you, I knew you. So God knows you tonight. Now, here's another verse I want you to see. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy. That word would be set apart. To be holy and set apart. And without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So you're not only in this location, 
But you're in the family of God if you're a Christian tonight. And it gave God great pleasure to add you to his family. By the way, and it should give you great pleasure that you and I are in the family of God tonight. Now, some of you may not be. We'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end of the service. But the whole goal is to get in this family of God and then relate as a family of God and understand all of these principles about God through the scripture. Now, when we get here in life, life is filled with choices. Albert Thomas says this, life is the sum of all your choices. Now, it's a stupid question, but it's good for us to do it and raise our hands. Is there anybody here that would like to have made some different choices along the road of life? I figure maybe two of you would stand up and go, yes, but we don't want to show that off. By the way, do you think you'll make perfect choices from now on? No. So what do we do with that? If our life is a series of choices, well, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. When we get off of that is when we make wrong choices. So you're going to see from Moses, you know that well, great choices, one huge choice that's so positive, and then a series through his whole life of choices that, well, he'd rather have back, just like you and me. Acts chapter 7, if you'll turn there. Now, Stephen, in his really only sermon, before he's martyred for Christ, gives a great summary because he's speaking to Jews of the Old Testament prophets, specifically Abraham and Moses. Let's go down to in chapter 7 to verse 17. As the time drew near for God to fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. Then another king who knew nothing about Joseph became ruler of Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people, and he oppressed our forefathers by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born. Now, if you were a parent, would you pick that time? Well, that was the exact time that he was to be born. It's amazing when you look at that and you think about that. God already knew the plan that was going to happen. It wasn't by accident. Moses' parents might have thought, oh my goodness, what a time. For a boy, no less. No, at that time, Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for in his father's house. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter, by accident. I just want to see if you're asleep. Pharaoh's daughter, by the providence of God, I added that, took him and brought him up as her own son. Now look at verse 22. And Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. You'll remember what one of Moses' great excuses is. Interesting. That we have this. So, during these 40 years, Moses was educated while living in the royal family. Many commentators actually believe 
he was being trained to take over to be the next Pharaoh. He learned to read and write, received an amazing education in all kinds of things of science, astronomy and medicine and mathematics, and of course, no doubt, had a big dose of Egyptian religious training, which would have been paganism. But at the age of 40, he made a big choice. It was a huge choice. Let's turn to Hebrews 11.25. And sometimes when we read this, we don't give Moses enough credit. Hebrews 11.25. This is when he's 40. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short season. I don't have time to talk about that, but that's always... See, Satan will never tell you that sin is for a short season. But it always comes to an end. The problem we have as Christians, thinking that sin isn't pleasurable. If it wasn't pleasurable, nobody would sin. So it's very pleasurable, but for a season. Now, notice 11.25, he chose. This is one of the greatest choices, right choices in the Bible. Think about this. At the age of 40, where has he been? In luxury for 40 years. He's got everything he could ever want. He's got education. He's got money. He's got influence. He's got a life of ease. He's got riches. And he's respected. What's he do? He chooses to go with the people that happen to be the slaves in the nation of Egypt. He goes from the top, might we say, to the bottom. Personal choice. That's a great choice. That's a huge choice. Now, where did that influence come for him to make that choice? He hadn't really, that we know of, seen or heard or interacted with, we don't know this for a fact, but we don't see nothing in scripture, with Jewish people other than seeing them and watching how they're treated and so forth. Well, look at verse 23. Here's where the influence came. By, circle this in your Bible, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Moses, I believe, made this choice because his parents taught him his true identity. And even at that young age, when his mother was with him, to speak into his life how to have true faith, as they, no doubt, she, she told him. And I, no doubt, he heard the story of Pharaoh's daughter, how he got to the palace, knowing he wasn't an Egyptian, but he was Jewish. So where did all, how did he make that choice? Well, look at verse 24. Circle the first two words. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Where did Moses get his faith from? His parents. That's a huge principle for us. You see, parents, you are to show your children and your students that you live by faith. Your children are watching you. 
even as we talked about tithing, your tithing speaks loudly into their lives. I was thinking about it as I studied for this. Both Linda and myself, we learned to tithe before we got married. Where did we learn it? Linda learned it from her parents, and I learned it from my parents. You see, that's a huge principle of not just speaking to our children, but living that life of faith, of trusting God. Once D.O. Moody was asked at a revival meeting, how many people were saved at the revival meeting? D.L. Moody said, two and a half people. And the person asking the question, you said, you mean two adults and one child? And Moody said, no, I mean two children and one adult. (laughs) Now, why would he say that? Because how much life was the adult have left? Very little. So understand, as parents, as church members, you and I that are here, we have this importance of our children and our students. That's always been a focus of Calvary Chapel of Melbourne since we started. They have their whole lives ahead of them. That's what D.L. Moody was saying. We want to continue to pour our lives in their homes. And of course, we can't do that unless they're our children, but we can pour it in here. So thank you, all of you that work in the children's ministry and the student ministry and making a difference. It's great. Remember this verse, Proverbs 22, 6. Teach a child to choose the right path, and when he's older, he will remain upon it. Let's just stop for a moment of prayer right there. Father, in this room, there are for sure parents with prodigal children. They raise them right, but they're far from you. Would you honor that promise? Would you bring them back like you did the prodigal son? Without any reservation, may they just continue to pray and be hopeful of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 2. As Moses made that choice, we don't know where this came from exactly. But sometime during those 40 years, the great I am had to have come to Moses and begin to speak to him about his role. We don't know when that happened. Mother might have said something to him. We're not privy to when he had this idea that he was going to be used as a leader for these people who had been in bondage for 400 years. But look at verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, by the way, that's after 40. So those of you under 40, you haven't grown up yet. All right. He went out to where his own people were and he watched them at hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So during this transition phase, Moses must have already maybe said this to Pharaoh. We don't know when all of that happened. But one day he went out to where the Israelite slaves were working and he saw this injustice. Now the problem is at this point, he makes a wrong choice. He just made this probably the greatest choice he could ever make to leave Egypt and serve God. But now he makes a wrong choice. How did he do that? What influence was there? I think this is very good. It's back in Acts. I don't want you to turn there, but look at Acts 7.25. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. 
That's a key. God had been preparing Moses for 40 years. But Moses makes a mistake. Would you write this down? Moses gets ahead of God's will. We need to wait for God's timing. Now, I can tell you, I've been there. I've gotten ahead. So have you. What did Moses do? Because he thought, well, there's an injustice, and that was right. Maybe he could have broken it up without killing him. But he lost it, that anger. We see that anger actually later a number of times in the life of Moses. So what he does is he takes everything into his own hands. Probably this came from a prideful heart. I'm going to be the leader. Well, let me just exercise it right now. He planned the deliverance of Israel in a human way. He didn't think past that moment. He just said, this is how it's going to be. Moses somehow began to think he's the key person that's going to deliver Israel. The only problem was Moses wasn't the one that was going to deliver Israel. Who was going to deliver Israel? The great I am was going to deliver Israel through Moses. But it wasn't Moses. When we started this church, God started it. Happened to use me and now thousands of other people. But it's God's church. And Moses didn't get this. In fact, Moses would never imagine at this point the way now God is going to use him. So what does that remind us? It's just a good thing for you and I, because sometimes we forget this. Very simple. You've heard me say it a lot of times. Life is not about you. It's all about God. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say life is all about God? Just tell him, would you? Would you tell him? (laughs) Pastor Mark, it's, it's all about me. Really? Um, our puppy still thinks it's all about her. (laughs) Teenagers definitely think it's all about them. Babies do too. You're over 40. It's not about you. It's about God. Now, Moses came up with his solution. How did he come up with the solution? Look back at that verse. He looked which way? He looked to the right. He looked to the left. Nobody's there. Perfect timing. Which direction did he forget to look? Which direction do I sometimes forget to look? Mm -hmm. Here's a great verse. It's good for our quiet time. Psalms 5.3. My voice you will hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Remember we talked about it when we did the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in... So where do we look? Great way to start our prayer. Because then the next thing we pray is what? Your will be done, your kingdom come. Not my will, not my kingdom, yours. Today, Pastor Mark taught about making mistakes. He made it clear that there's been only one person that never made any mistakes. And that person wasn't you. He talked about the mistakes that Moses made and how God used him anyway. You found out what you need to do to get back on track after making a mistake and how to learn from your errors. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, The Great I Am, Moses. You'll hear more about the life of Moses. You'll learn about the good choices he made as well as the bad choices. You'll hear about some of the consequences of Moses' bad choices and what had to happen in his life to overcome those. You'll find out from these how God uses the choices you make to grow you up. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Great I Am's. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.